Hey everybody, welcome to Drive Through Review 502. Today we're gonna to take a look at Guilds of London. This is a new game from Tasty Minstrel Games. Should be coming out right about now. Uh, it's designed by Tony Boydell, who did a couple of games I enjoyed before, Snowdonia and Fzzt. <laughs> That's how you say the game. Uh, so this is very much a Euro game through and through. It's got card hand management, area control, different kind of special tiles that you can control and take over, maybe give you special abilities or score points in different ways. Uh, and so let's just jump into how the game actually works mechanically, and then I'll give you my thoughts on it. Okay, here's just about everything that you will get in the box and what you need to play the game. A couple of key things, you have sort of your main board here. Uh, in the center here, we've got the Guilds of London tile, and players will start off with four of their pawns and their player color here. This is slightly different in a two-player game. You'll actually have a fixed and actually much larger play area made up of these different tiles here out of this stack. Now when you play with a three or four player your game you'll start with sort of a smaller area but then as a play goes along you're going to start adding tiles to the outside and eventually make another kind of loop or another circle around uh, the actual board that you start with at the start of the game. Now the other thing you can note on these boards, in addition to kind of the icons and the special abilities and the way that you score points that are depicted, you have these tokens here. And you see these are called second place tokens. And these are randomly put out as you have the tiles. And they're kind of what you get as a consolation prize for controlling these different areas and these different tiles. And what you're gonna be doing is you're gonna be playing cards out of this giant deck here to add more pawns to the board, move them to different areas, flip them over, try to control them, and score the most victory points. Now here you can see the score track and the turn track up here. Uh, the first thing to note is you can see kind of a randomized turn order, and then as you start to score points, you're gonna move up here, and the turn order is then dictated by whoever's in first place. Uh, moving downwards is gonna be first in turn order. You've also got the turn track here, and you can see uh, in the three and four player game, you're gonna score every round. There's actually a two player board on the back side of this where you'll score every other round. And then you'll do what's called a growth phase here where you actually add uh, the new tiles to the board. And you can see the end of the game is gonna be different based on the number of players. Uh, the other thing you've got here is this plantation tile and you can actually just choose which side you want uh, to be. You'll be moving workers out here through card play and you'd be either scoring points for these or actually maybe scoring points and drawing some of these mayor cards here. And these are cards you're gonna get. Some of these at the beginning of the game and then some of these you're gonna acquire during the game. And these are just all in-game bonuses. So you get one point for each neutral worker, uh, one point for each card in your hand and so on. So you're gonna get these and get more of these through the game to help you score extra points. And you can see here are the neutral workers. There's two per player. This is a three-player game, and a little reminder of max of seven cards at the end of your turn. Well, how does a turn work? Well, you're going to be playing cards out of your hand. You'll start the game with some of these cards, and you'll draw more. And these do all kinds of things. So the first thing you can do is you can ignore everything on the card, and then discard a card to hire a new worker. And you'll put a worker from your supply out here into the central area of the Guild of London. You can also move a worker uh, from anywhere on the board to one of these different tiles. And one thing you'll notice are these little banners here. And these kind of are representative of different guild types. So this has got the little uh, sickle there in yellow. And then you've got the compass here in orange and so on. And some of these actually have multiple 
banners on here so you can possibly have an easier time moving to these buildings. And how do you actually move the workers? Well, you discard a card, but then you go ahead and look at the banner that's on the card. And that means you can take one of your workers, let's say we discarded this card here, and we can take and move one of our workers to that spot because it matches the symbol. Now the other thing you can do with cards, the last thing, is you can actually pay uh, the cost up here in the upper left, and sometimes the cost is actually zero. And then you can do uh, the special ability. So this one is actually, you could get uh, two more workers out here on the board, or you can actually collect uh, one of the neutral workers up there. This is kind of a more interesting one here. You can pay here uh, a buck, and whenever you pay, it actually means you just discard a card out of your hand, because the cards actually act as the money. So I can maybe discard this card here to pay for this one, pay for its dollar, and then for the rest of this turn, any of these icons can equal, again, that compass. So if I didn't have this compass card in my car in my hand and I really wanted to move them there, I could pay for this, I could play this, it cost me a buck, but then I'd also have to move another card. So it cost me a few more cards to do it, but I could do it. Um, so that's kind of an interesting thing. Let's look at some other abilities. This one here is pretty simple, discard two cards, and then you can just score four points like that. Here's another more interesting one. This one says, anytime that I move, uh, a worker, instead I can actually move it out here to the plantation. Remember I showed you this up here and you're trying to get a little bit of an area majority there. So some of these get a little bit more complex, so to speak. You've got different costs and different sort of assortments of icons that you've got to sort of decipher. Now thankfully, the game comes with a couple of these reference sheets here. And these, unfortunately, don't cover every sort of permutation, but you can sort of piece together uh, what the cards actually mean because at some level the icons are used here so if you look at this one that I just showed you here uh, you know this one is the exact card but sometimes you might see this other icon here just that top one which means spot two tiles that you control and then you can move your workers around but some there might be other cards that actually have the spot thing on here but that exact sort of composition of icons won't be there but I would say definitely after your first play probably Maybe it will take two plays for some folks, uh, and which would be totally understandable because there's a lot of different icons and things, but you can sort of work through the language of the game, so to speak, and get to where you need to go. Now, after you've taken all of your actions, you can play as many cards as you want, as long as you can pay for all the effects, and you've got the cards that do so, and then you'll draw two cards. Now, you can choose not to play any cards. In that case, you'll draw four cards, and it will be... Uh, somewhat frequent that you will play a good number of cards from your hand or maybe even your entire hand uh, and then so you'll be kind of behind so you'll play maybe let's say your whole hand draw two cards and then next turn you don't have a lot to do so you draw four cards you back up to six cards now you are going to resolve tiles for scoring like I said and there's a few sort of conditions that need to happen you're going to resolve them left to right top to bottom uh, and you're going to have to have a prerequisite number of pieces in a spot to resolve it so let's take a look at these two tiles. You can see this icon here in the upper left. That means you need to have that number of pieces. So if in this case we had two pieces from, doesn't matter which player, then we'll resolve that. And if it's a tie, like in this case, then we'll just leave it be. Uh, we won't actually resolve it until the, there is no tie. Um, and then you're gonna resolve it. So let's say the green player had another piece here, like so. He would actually get two points and then he would be able to move one of his masters, which I'll explain, or one of his normal workers. Now second place, interesting enough, we'll actually get three points. They'll get more points than uh, the first place player, but of course the first place player gets to do a little bit more stuff. 
Now once you resolve it, let's say let's resolve it, these guys will go back and then one of the winner uh, tiles or characters will stay on top here so he'll flip this over and then now this player has a master uh, in this guild type here so as long as this figures on here this is considered a master and if you remember then uh, this allows you to actually move masters so if you had a master on another tile this is what it means you can move one of those masters now there's a couple of things to keep in mind here uh, the other thing i should mention is whoever was second place will take uh, this token there are some bonus cards that you know for collecting these actual tokens uh, the other thing this guy will do is let's look at this tile now and let's say we had here two of these guys and two of these guys here and so there's a tie but if you have an orthogonally adjacent master it kind of adds plus one to your total so in this case green would still win because they have a plus one so they'd actually have three the other thing to keep in mind is there's other little neutral guy who's going to move around and if you look at the uh, numbers here in the lower right He's just going to jump to whatever the lowest sort of face-up tile with that lowest number on there. He's going to contribute to this number here. So in this case, we wouldn't even need, uh, you know, a fourth piece because he would act as a fourth piece. He doesn't score or anything, but he just kind of acts as triggering it early. So that's something to keep in mind. And so anytime you have the condition of this number satisfied, you'll score that tile. And that may trigger some other tiles to score if you move stuff around and so on. You might be able to draw cards. In this case, you draw three uh, mayor cards and then you keep one of those. Now, there are some special uh, tiles, so to speak. Uh, so Church of St. Lawrence is always in play. You'll shuffle some of these other ones into uh, the pile and, and you'll have more of them out usually in a two-player game. And this will give you different special abilities here. So like this one's four points and draw a card or four cards. Uh, this one here allows you to win all ties while you've got uh, the master here. So once you resolve this, you're going to win all ties anyway. And there's a large variety of these buildings, and they're always going to come out in different orders and so on. So that's pretty much the game. You just either maybe just draw four cards, or you play a few cards and draw two, or maybe you kind of build up hopefully for a turn where you can play a bunch of cards and do a lot of things. Uh, turn order can be very important because kind of the last to move in uh, before you score that round can be very important to kind of swing some of the area control majorities that are out here. And then you've also spending a little bit of time sort of deciphering the icons and icons out here, at least in your first play. Uh, and But then also this is going to be arranged a little bit differently. So you have to really kind of study this board and sort of pick your path and work your way through uh, all of the sort of order of operations. Sometimes these special buildings can be very important to control early on to give you sort of permanent advantage. Uh, one of the more interesting parts of the game are the way some of these uh, mayor cards are scored. Uh, they'll want you kind of positioned in certain ways. So not only are you trying to go for, you know, the, the sort of direct and obvious sort of approach to get you know, points out here on the board. Uh, some of these mayor cards may actually, you know, for example, have you count the number of your neutral workers, which I have failed to actually mention what they do. Uh, the other thing that you can do with these neutral workers, let's say I had some of these in my possession, then I could, when we go to actually resolve and score one of these, everybody has the option to replace any of these workers here. So let's say the green player didn't have any, and I as the yellow player knew this was going to be a tie, but I really wanted to win that. I could swap out uh, this green player with a neutral who doesn't work for anybody. So now yellow is the only one with the majority, so they're going to go ahead and get this. Uh, so you can do that and spend these. These guys will go back to the supply for other folks to get. And that's pretty much the game.
Okay, so that is Guilds of London. Well, first thing, let's talk about uh, player count. I think that's important in this. I would say the two-player game is kind of just okay, whereas the three- and four-player game are a little bit more interesting. Now, it's a lot tighter with four because you have the same board size relatively uh, to a three-player game, whereas the two-player game is wide open. It's just you have this big five-by-five five grid, and it's just everything's kind of wide open, so it's more... Um, opportunist and less uh, sort of contention and conflict um, but i like the three and four player game much more actually uh, you've got to be a little bit more careful about what you play and when you play it because it, again it's an area control game so that turn order can be important you don't want to just kind of put all your eggs in one basket if you're going early in the turn because somebody else can just come in there and then pull the rug out from underneath you uh, so I would definitely recommend it as a three, four player game. I probably wouldn't recommend it as a two player game. Uh, the, uh, let's get some more of the negatives out of the way. The sort of player aids are, are good, but like sometimes you're, you're spending time kind of cross-referencing, okay, this icon's on this card and it's over on this other card. You know, what, what does this actually mean? And it's all very clear. Like, like there's no problem finding it. It's just, you're spending like a, just a little bit of time again deciphering this which i think is going to put some people off of it uh you know i'm kind of a sucker for the multi-use card thing so i'm like okay this is good this is this is meat i can get in here and dig into this and you know kind of sink my teeth into it and try to decipher it and i enjoy that um it's a very different kind of hand management game it's not really along the lines of what you would sort of traditionally think of some of the classic ones like San Juan or Race of the Galaxy or a bunch of others, it paces very differently, which is interesting. And I think a lot of folks that like this kind of more abstract, Euro-y kind of thing, maybe you feel like Bruges is another good example. This just kind of fits into that sort of category. The pacing of this is very different. And I think folks should at least give it a try, uh, especially at the three and four player count, because what you're going to do is kind of weigh the balance of, you know, kind of shooting your wad of cards. Because sometimes you're going to get a very, very good hand, and it's like, okay, I could do play this card. I just got to spend this other worthless card. You know, it's going to trigger this ability, which allows me a lot more flexibility. And maybe, like, when I recruit new workers, I recruit two at a time, and then that I can do that more efficiently, and then spend those and get those all out, and, you know, score some of the more important tiles and again i kind of talked about this in walkthrough the cards are going to kind of be there or they're not for you uh, but it's kind of knowing and waiting to like okay now i've got a good hand these tiles are going to be more important because they're going to give me you know majority on some of these others we're going to allow me to get some of these more uh more valuable mayor cards or score the plantation which sometimes can be worth you know a lot of points turn after turn if you can control that a little bit i think i didn't mention you have to remove some of the uh workers on the plantation after you score some of them are allowed to stay though uh, but so that can be kind of an interesting sort of balance between you know as the tiles kind of get gobbled up there's that plantation that you can always score and then of course the mayor cards which you want to kind of go after early so then you can have more options at the end of the game to say okay and and they're they're very different and interesting too they, they they're they're designed well enough, I think, to sort of balance the stuff that you normally would be doing. It's not one of those games where it's, uh, and there's some cards like this, so I'm going to kind of contradict myself, but they're not always like, oh, you were doing this already, so here's more points for that. 
which is fine. I mean, that's just a thing. But some of these are like that, but some of these are also like these weird ones, like you've got to have workers in certain areas, which isn't necessarily directly tied to, uh, you know, the stuff that you were doing, or you need masters of a certain type, or you need to have like no workers in the guild hall, or you want to have some workers in the guild hall. So you're kind of trying to trigger these scorings to sort of shift workers back and forth between the plantation, the guild hall, your supply. So there's some interesting things like that. Um, that make it just kind of that extra level of crunchiness, uh, which is interesting. So I would recommend this to folks that are kind of already like in that Euro vein. They, you know, they like the hand management stuff. They like the kind of area control and kind of crunchiness. And if you don't like area control, I know there's a lot of folks, not a lot, but I've played with some folks that don't like area control. And so that was a little off-putting, but I think that there's kind of enough also going around this with all the hand management and all the different kind of ways that you can score points um, that it sort of softens the blow a little bit of that area control. And you've also got like your consolation prize, which sometimes can be worth more points than the first place. So you can kind of go in and grab like a couple of second places. So again, it's kind of that whole thing of just sort of strategizing and piecing through this sort of endlessly presented puzzle you know okay the tiles are different now this tiles are gone now i've got a whole new hand of cards and the one thing you're doing is you're not usually saving cards that much like for that long it's not like you're waiting 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 and then playing bam you know this one big card to score points it's again all about the board here which is a very kind of different uh dynamic so that's guilds of london uh definitely take a look at it uh thanks